Welcome. You are listening to Entitled to Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Burrell. And today, we have with us a very special guest. None other than Mr. Ted Golden. Right. Welcome to the podcast, Entitled to Truth. Good to be here. I want to start with reading some of your bio. Oh, Lord. Which I found very interesting. <laughs> you are a 20, you have served, I'm going to say served our country for 28 years. United States Department of Justice, Drug Enforcement Administration. Golden became a law enforcement career. And hold up now. Let me let me let me go back and say this. You first started in Memphis, Tennessee? Yes, sir. Not the Memphis, Tennessee, where that boy was just killed. Yes, sir. Well, then we gotta stop there. Because I got a problem. <laughs> I got a problem. Right. You started in Memphis, Tennessee. Well, listen, I'm gonna have to stop with this bio for a minute and get on this issue because it is the hottest topic in the world right now. Unfortunately. That young boy, Tyrese Nichols, murdered. Yeah. Murdered at the hands of four, I'm sorry, five Memphis police officers. They just fired a sixth one. A former, how did that make you feel? Embarrassed. Appalled. Uh, ashamed of the fact that people are just betraying the oath they took when they, they took up this badge and this gun. To protect and defend. The oath of the Constitution. Yes, sir. The oath to serve and protect. Yes, sir. You serve and kill. Yep. Because they can. And I almost got away with it. But with that, but, but for that wide angle, it showed us everything. Because if close angles didn't show us enough, uh, it's just shameful. I, How does that make you feel? You served in Memphis. You started there. That's your background. Yes, sir. That's your background. Fourth advance. The whole track. All night long. Midnight shift. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. And I have to be careful <laughs> in asking these questions. <laughs> Were there any difference from what them black cops did than what white cops do to black people? I would say no. Most definitely no. I mean, you, you're not talking. You're talking about throughout history. Remember now, uh, police policing is a is is the uh, the outcome of slave catchers. And you know, back then, slaves were a commodity, and they used a quasi police force to travel north, snatch them back up, and bring them back to the guy that owned them. So policing is a predecessor to the well, slave catchers were a predecessor to policing. So they're doing the same thing that they were talking back in those days, because now. The areas that are most highly policed are those where minorities live, blacks and browns, because of the high crime. So we know that there's a direct association. The question is now that we run almost every major police department in this country and almost every, almost every major city. What are we doing different? I don't think doing anything different. The answer to that question is nothing. We're doing the same thing our predecessors did. We were the same thing the white, uh, uh, a chief of police, the white citizens council. Be careful now. What you say? I'm just being honest. I'm not. I'm not. It, it hasn't changed. It's the same mentality. Let's lock them up. Throw away the key. So what can we do different? Because this has got to stop. We got to start owning community. We have to start collaborations. Everybody operates independently. Everybody has their own set of rules. When your city council, your county commission, your CEO, or your mayor. 
your state and local representatives, when they all get on the same page and start focusing on collaboration instead of operating independently, what can we do to build uh, build this up better? How can we make our public safety more responsible and, and, and serve the public? And how can we get our educational system to a point to where it stops fueling the criminal justice system? See, we spend more money on the back end, okay? Courts, prosecutors, you know, solicitors, everybody, sheriffs, jails, we spend all that money on the back end, juvenile court, okay? When crime gets high, they get more money, all right? The money has to go back to the front end. I ain't saying we, we're going to always have hoodlum and thugs. There's always going to be that criminal element that exists. But our children who aren't, who don't know how to read, write new timetables, and need to find a way to make some money, they're going to always come turn to thuggery. Raping, robbing, pillaging, selling drugs, selling drugs. I want to, I want to, I want to piggyback on something. And we're going to come back to this Memphis issue shortly. Okay. You were a special agent for the DEA. Mm-hmm. That's the Drug Administration, correct? Drug Enforcement Administration. The government put drugs in our community. No. No, we'll get lost. The drugs, the, the, the government put drugs in our community. Demand put drugs in our community. Explain that to me because I don't know what that means. People who have a desire to use drugs and to make money from it. The average Joe who live on the corner didn't go, didn't go to China to get some drugs. No. Someone brought it into the community for him. It's, 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 it's called, uh, uh, what's that word we look for when we talk, talking about how you make money in, in, in our, in our society? Huh? What's that word? Free capitalism? Capitalism, buddy. Come on now. It's all about capitalism. 65% of all the illegal drugs made in the world come to the United States of America. Why? Demand. Demand. Not just the demand of the folks who use the drug, the folks who make money from the drug. So when you hear people say, and I've heard this, mm-hmm. I've heard this, where people will say that the government has put drugs in the black community. They've put guns in the black community. They help perpetrate crime in the black community. When you hear that, you was an agent. Uh, you've been in law enforcement for 28 years. I'm sure you've heard that. I'm going to tell you again. I want you to listen to me. It's a big old bald face lie. You cannot expect that, that elements that utilize the services of narcotics trafficking to get, to make changes in this world, not just in the United States, in this whole world. If we were to shut down narcotics trafficking in the United States and across the world, there are two, two factions that would fall apart. Your monetary system will fail, and guns will become a big issue because guns and drugs run. Guns are a big issue now. There'll be a a worse issue. I'm sorry, the lack of being able to buy drugs, buy guns, because drug money is directly connected with gun money. Okay, any 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 foreign country right now that's trying to survive, any organization is trying to survive. Okay, on 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 crime, on proliferation in certain areas. They have a narcotics trafficking entity within them to make money off of. That's how they make their money. Okay. When, when we start impacting the money that flows back into Mexico, that's when they get mad at us. And we do it. We do a damn good job of it. But it's so much of it. We can't stop all of it. The people who obey the law are the ones who are afraid of us. Okay. The, the, the ones who, who are making money, they don't give a damn. I mean, when you think about this, Drugs are so bad. Back in the day when I was doing undercover work, I did what's called a reverse. In Oakland, when the heroin trafficking, when the heroin was, was dried up on the streets, they didn't have nothing. I did reverse undercover. I sold the heroin dealer money. He came to meet me to buy four ounces of China White. 
And and he put them $27,000 next to me. I counted the money. I said, now, the first thing you got to do is put that gun up. I said, what you mean? I said, dude, we in Oakland. You ain't left your house without a pistol. Go put your shit up so we can do our business. He walked back to his van. You think he's going to rob you? He, oh, not rob it. I just want, I'm going to get ready to lock him up. <laughs> I want to make sure I ain't got to kill him. Okay? Because I got 10, 12, 15 folk around waiting for me to give him the bus signal. And I know he got his gun. So that's that's that's, that's entrapment. You send them off. Oh yes, most definitely, most definitely. He going to jail. But guess where the source came from? The source came from across the Mexican border. The source was a Mexican federal police officer who came into San Francisco and met with me and gave me everybody's contact information. So all I did was follow through with what he had, and I had to pay him some money for his resource. So we just living in a revolving circle. It, it's all connected. I'm telling you, it's all connected. And the goal is always to make money. It ain't got jack to do with setting, making folk get addicted. Well, yeah, it does. But it, it really has to do with making money. Back in the in the, in the 80s, when, when they were putting so much cocaine on the streets of this country, the price dropped to $9,000 a kilo. You hear me? $9,000 a kilo. Because it was so much of that shit. So when we start talking about invading our neighborhoods, this capitalism invades our neighborhood. This is a way to make money. The most the, the most successful drug deal in Oakland, California in, in 1986, 87 was a 21-year-old named Daryl Reed. He oh, I'm, jail I'm about to say Ronald Reagan. Daryl Reed. Oh. No. So when you say when you say old. they, when you say they, who is they? Or can you answer that? People that want to make the money. Okay. They're all connected. Let me explain something to you. It got so good here in Metro Atlanta. When when I'm selling and I run out a product, I just call JoJo down the street. Hey, man, you got five. You can let me have. I'll get back to you later. Okay, drug dealers going to other competitive competitors to get, and they're not really competitors. There's somebody on their same level. It's like Exxon running out of gas and calling BP. I need some gas. Okay, here you go. That's how they work. The drug dealers were so successful. So they, so much, they weren't fighting amongst each other. Wasn't no gang war. They all connected. They all trying to make that dollar. Okay? And we got plenty of dollars to give them because the United States of America has more disposable income than any other country in this world. They send dope to Europe and bring it back here. You understand? Just to make money off of it. So don't, let's not get caught up in, okay, they did this. They ain't done shit to us that we didn't ask for. It didn't matter happen. Okay, just like when heroin came back with Vietnam, it's no different. We can do better. You know you got my wheels turning. Keep turning. Look, let's talk about the truth. The truth is, we can do better, but we got to start where it begins. If you can't make a livable wage, you can't be at home with your children, but you're dealing with crime in your neighborhood. What's your child going to do when he gets out of school and you ain't there with him? What's he going to do? Rape, rob, and pillage like everybody else. I want them shoes. I want them clothes. I want that hat. I want that gold that gold grill. I want to be able to go to the skating rink and drop them dollar bills. I want to go up in, in the in the naked booty club and sling one dollar bill like everybody else. Get the girl. Not a money in my pocket. Car with wheels on it. I want to be like everybody else. How can I be there? Be there right now. I don't want it next week, next year, 10 years. I want it now. That's the problem. And they get it now. 
And what happens is they ask get locked up. They get killed. They get caught up in that game. And when you get caught up in the game, I don't know too many old drug dealers, do you? No. Know, most of them dead ain't jail. Every once in a while, you run across somebody, but usually when they old, they also snitch you. I'm gonna leave that alone. It's a different topic. But we gotta get we gotta get to the point to where we're not the commodity. Young black males in particular are the commodity. Well, eight, how eight, can eight, eight, we, how can we change that? If that's all they see, and I tell them this all the time, if all you see is that quick money, yep. the nice car, yep. the beautiful women, yep. dropping money, and then tell somebody to get a job. And don't forget TikTok and all that other stuff. Right. So I'm going to leave all that and get a job? Yeah. If you get the right image in front of you. See, what we don't do is we don't use what we have. Right now, and I just say this today, at Stan Watson's Breakfast, there are two segments of our society that we know we can count on to do something positive. Senior citizens like me who don't work anymore and teenagers. Mm-hmm. It's got a whole lot of free time. Okay? If we take those teenagers who have a 2.8 grade point average or better, who got their pants put up on their butt, or who ain't showing their boobies, and we take them back to that elementary school, not middle school, all the way back to elementary school, and let's negate that third grade minority reading scores are used to determine how many prisons we're going to build in 20 years. Let's make sure when they walk out of fifth grade, they can read, write, and do timetables. Let's make sure they know how to do that. Let's make sure they know how to... You sound about structure now. I'm talking... Yes, I am. But that's what makes a difference. We had structure. I went to school in the 60s. There's some things you just did not do. Now, you can say what you want to about corporal punishment, and I understand a lot of folks don't want to do that. But I got three sons. The two oldest ones, I tow their ass up. Now it's considered child abuse. They call it what you want to. He probably thought it was child abuse. You end up in jail now. But, but get, no, you, you think you might end up in jail. Do If you do your job. Now, let me say something. It's a progressive thing. You're talking, to, I'm, I'm a non-violence trainer at the King Center. I tried everything under the sun to get them boys to work right, to do right. At the King Center? No, no. I'm talking about my kids. My, okay. my personal children. All right. I did everything in the sun to get them to act right. You must get your work. You must respect your teacher. You must not defy my name. Don't, don't, don't muddy my name up. That's my name. I gave it to you. The only person that messed up my name is me. What I expect you to do is hear my words and follow my instructions. So now I'm sitting in my house one day and my phone rings. It's Phil Fulmer from the University of Tennessee, the head football coach, nine o'clock at night. Mr. Golden, you talk about Tad. He's having some problems. That's Captain Golden now. Okay, with the DeKalb County Police. Hold up. He, he, he named after you? It's Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, Lord. Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, Lord. He says. No, no, the Golden. Yes, sir. He says, he says, oh, he's failed a couple of classes. I, I I need to talk to you about it. I said, I know. He keeps talking. He said, oh, you said, I know. I said, yes, sir. Why? How do you know? Oh, he called me two days ago. He called you two days ago? Yeah, we already talked about his two classes he ain't doing well at. We talked about what he got to do to fix it and when I expect to get it done. He called you? I said, yes, sir. He said, what did he call you? Why, why did he call you? He knows my rules. Okay? If I, I better hear from you first, if I, if I don't hear from you first, I'm getting on the road. I'll be in Knoxville and in three hours and 45 minutes. With a mother and a father no, 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 no. Just me. Because my, my wife left us when, when he was 15, 16. Okay, well, he grew up in a household with a man that had structure. I didn't play. Don't play. How we're talking about now with single mothers or single yes, dads sir. that ain't got control, the kids whooping them. And here's the solution. 
Put an X through home. Act like it don't exist. Don't wait till middle school and high school to try to hit that child. It's too late. Elementary school is the foundation. Give them the foundation in elementary school. Make arts, music, and athletics free. Make sure these children have an opportunity to expend that energy to 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 become gangs on the soccer field. You can talk about elementary. Field. You can talk about elementary students. We got elementary students. Kids come to school with guns now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. With guns. But if shooting you, teachers. If you put them in an element that gives them exposure, let me say this so you can understand what I'm saying. Yeah, because because I okay. I miss the ball. So when I send if I send uh uh five high school kids down to the elementary school to be mentors and tutors to third, fourth, and fifth graders. Okay, because we want to make sure that they they got time for the structure because you got to get them there. When I send high school kids down, people there, don't care about structure first, no more. The first thing they go, the first thing they'll get is exposure to reading, writing, and math. But what's the biggest thing they get? It's called assimilation. Why do you think they got the gun? Why are they doing all these things? Because they see it and they hear it. And for them, it is N O R M A L. It's normal, and it becomes normal and acceptable behavior. How do I know? I'm from the projects. I know what goes on. I've seen it. It disgusted me. But you know what? My mama didn't play that shit. When they decide they want to go break in the store, Teddy, you going with us? Hell no. Why not? My mama don't play. I ain't. She. Uh. Uh-uh, no. Bye. Go. On. But we not living in 1950, 1960 anymore. No, we're not. That structure is no longer around. But assimilation does exist, and that is our issue. Kids are whooping their parents now. Yeah, that's true. What? Kids are carrying guns to school at, at the at in, in third grade. I agree with you. I'm 100% with you. But when you don't have the presence of, of someone with some common sense. That we got fathers being locked up and mothers don't care what their kids do. Yes, sir. No different than when I grew up. Ain't no different. It's no different. I live next door to fools. Fought like cats and dogs. Kids run the show. It's just broader now. Instead of having three kids in the classroom that don't have parents and structure. Then you got 20. You now have 30. No, you got 30. Okay. The whole damn classroom. You may have one or two that don't. But when you let that attitude proliferate all the way into the high school process, what you got is a damn fool. Mm. They don't care about nobody and no thing until it's their turn in the pot. Until they get in front of that judge and they have no choice but to admit to what they did wrong and then they go to jail. We can we can eliminate, I ain't saying all of it, because some folk, okay, I done looked in the eyes of 16-year-olds that I know ain't going to live to get 21 because they're bloodthirsty killer. There's nothing more humbling than to see a child who is so deranged and so out there in left field that all he wants to do is be on top of the world, control everything, and he or she usually knows, knows the consequences are going to be dying. I want to ask you a question. Hmm? When you see a 16-year-old who you know is out in left field, yeah. does that bother you? Bothers the hell out of me. Then what can Mr. Golden or someone else do to pull that young man back? Because, as you say, if there's no help, there's either one or two things. Prison Dead in jail. or jail. We got and a lot of our young people, I'm going to tell you something. It is astonishing. To see young people be at the age of 25, 28, 29, they're dying off. Welcome to our world, man. Welcome to our world. I had a, a, a cousin who was 30 years old, got his head cut off, selling drugs. Five kilos still sitting in the car. Sorry, two kilos still sitting in the car. They found him three months later floating down the river outside my hometown. 
they cut his neck. They, they basically slit his throat. And when you slit, slit a drug through his throat, what does that mean? That means you had a contract on you. No, that means he was probably talking when he wasn't supposed to be talking. He was probably snitching. What I'm saying is this. Once they get in the element and they see what they can get from it, they, they get caught up. Like a lot of guys get caught up with undercover. Like a lot of cops do. You get off in that, that world and you see what's going oh, on. Oh, like that Scorpion unit down in Memphis, what? Tennessee? Yeah. They got all, they, they, you they, thank they, you God. They went, they went way in that field. You thank you God. That's what they thought. My name is God. I can do what the hell I want to do. But you kill your own. They don't care. They don't care. They, 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 they don't have any morals and values. They're the king of the hill. I don't want to say this so bad, but I'm not going to say it. Say it. When you think you got the shit and you running the show, you don't give a damn because everybody there is backing me up. The brotherhood is backing them up. They're doing nothing that ain't been done before. He ain't the first black male that got the shit kicked out of him and died. Okay? Most of the time, it goes uncovered. So why, why, why can't he be the last? I wish like hell he would be, but you know what? It ain't going to happen that way. What we got to do is get ready for what's coming. It ain't over yet. It's not going to be over because there's always going to be somebody who's going to push the envelope. What we're telling them now is, we got you now, but here's what you got to realize. Folk don't want to obey rules. They figure out ways to get around it. Okay? Cameras? The video camera? Look how they manipulated the camera. I said they were arrogant. No, no. You knew you had cameras on your body. Body yes. cams. Yes, and they played up to it. Verbally, they played up to it. And then they got down close so you couldn't see much. Okay? You couldn't see much. You heard him talking. Who wrestles and fights with a, 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 somebody trying to arrest just by bending over? When, when, when I'm in battle with somebody and I'm trying to get them to handcuff, I'm on his ass. I'm 255 plus pounds. I got him. I'm going to pry them arms behind his back and put handcuffs on him. I may have to hit him in the gut a couple of times to make him breathe so I can get his arm back. But I ain't got to stomp him. I ain't got to have nobody hold him spread out like this, like you're crucifying Jesus and hit him with no stick. I ain't got to roundhouse punch him three times to get him to cooperate his hands already behind his back. What that man say? Y'all doing too much. Okay? They went there with an intent to hurt that man. And they did 140-pound man. Beat him like that? Yes, sir, he died. Let's not get caught up in it. It's not the first time it's going to happen. It won't well, be when will it be the last? I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly asking that question. When do we say enough and this is the last? Okay, so we got to be accountable. We got to make them accountable. Right now, they figured out a way to usurp the cameras. They figured out a way. And, and whatever you, whatever else you put in place, they're going to figure out a way to, 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 to get around it. That's, that's the human concept. Why I got to do everything the right way all the time? Well, I agree with you on that now. No, I'm, 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 I'm gonna argue that. I'm gonna argue that. I'm you. But, but as for Ted Golden, I'm gonna tell you something. I never put handcuffs on nobody that didn't do wrong in front of my face. You telling me in your 28 years mm-hmm. now, Ted? I, now I let me say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna scoot a little bit closer <laughs> to my computer. <laughs> You mean to tell me in 28 years, yeah. you didn't beat the hell out of somebody's ass and stomp them and, and, and get them right? Now, anybody will come out to you now. Mm-hmm. If you need me to help you, I'll help you. I, I will I will admit to put This my, podcast is called Entitled to Truth. I will admit to putting my foot on one person. I put my foot on one person. 
as he walked towards me in front of the bus station in downtown Memphis with a with a knife in his. Hold on, not in Memphis again. And, not in Memphis and with again. a knife in his in his belt. But I not in Memphis again. And he just tried to rob some, rob rob the little restaurant down there. In Memphis. House. In Memphis, in front of the the bus station. As a, as as a, now Memphis has a bad name. Uh huh. And I will tell you, I put my size fifteen boot in his chest and I rolled his ass down to the ground and I stuck my pistol in his face and I would have blown his brains if he'd pulled that gun out. I mean that, that, that knife out. I would have. He wouldn't stop coming. Stop. Stop coming. Stop. Put your hands up. Get on your knees. He just kept coming. And when he got close enough, I put this size 15 in his chest and I wrote him down to the ground. That's the only time I put my foot on the ground. The rest of the time, the only time we got, when we got into tussles, quote unquote fights, if you want to call it that, usually it's with somebody who is on drugs or uncooperative. We ain't beat nobody up. Didn't have to because we came with numbers. Every once in a while, somebody got their head cut. Let me tell you something. The only time you hit somebody in the head as a cop is when everything else don't work. Well, it's a, it's, it's normal. It's normal now. Not nothing. It was normal. It, it's it wasn't, normal. It was a black person in the head, shoot him in the back, work his arm. I agree with you. It's normal now. Ain't nothing unusual. Happened when I was a cop in Memphis. It's going to continue to happen because people don't care, especially when, when cops are scared. Now, how do you get scared of a man running from running running away from you? I don't know. Don't I can't tell you that because I ain't never in that position. I, you know, when when I chase folk in Memphis and they cross that busy ass Lamar Avenue with six lanes of traffic, I turn my black ass around. And I went back the other way. You know what? I'll catch you next time. Cause going out here and chasing you in this mess, I, it ain't worth it. Flashlight went out one night. I'm chasing a burglar. I turned my butt around. And I went back to the squad car. I'll get it next time. Cause I'm not gonna risk my life for something. That's material. The material. Now, by the same token, when the man come out the car with a nine millimeter pistol, with his back to me, he got the pistol down to the side. And he don't see me. When could I shoot him? As soon as I saw the gun. But I waited for him to level that gun on top of the trunk of that car. And I said, you gonna die. Look what I said to him. You gonna die. You know what he did? Put that gun down on top of the trunk of that car. Laid his butt down that street, and he took his ass to jail. But that might be one out of a thousand. Vietnam veteran. When could I have shot him, Burrell? When did he come out the car? As soon as I saw the gun. But I gave him a chance at life. And when the white boy come behind me and say, what did you say to him? And I told him, he said, where the hell that come from? It come from Memphis. But where I come from, folk acting a fool. You act around that shotgun, you tell him you're going to die. You know what they do? They got two choices. Lay your ass down and go to jail or get the hell out of here and go home. One or two. So there's a way to do everything that, 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 that is respectable and it gets the job accomplished. You ain't got to take nobody's life unless you have to. And I'm blessed because I ain't shot nobody, but I've been damn close, Burrell. When I say close, when you got that, when you got that, that, uh, that, re- that, that remote control for that, that radio in your car back in the 90s. When you got that remote control in your hand, you do this. What does it look like in the dark? A gun. Uh-huh. So when the cop hollers, don't shoot him, it's the remote. That keeps one, two, three, four, five folk who just came out of a hotel room in a two kilogram cocaine bus from shooting this man. We done lit him up. But the guy saw him with the remote in his hand. 
man drop down behind the car barrel. He coming up. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for center mass. I'm in Fresno, California doing a heroin bus. And this dude went down behind the car when he saw us pull up. What am I waiting for? Center mass. Well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to drop it. Somebody screams, don't shoot him. He dropped his pants. Now, if I shot him, is it a good shoot? Hell yes. I'm in fear of my life. I'm doing my job. And that's why that qualified immunity thing has got to go. Because everybody's using it for everything when it ain't right. It ain't right. You ain't in fear of your life. You shoot somebody in the back. He running away from you. Come on, dude. Qualified let, immunity. No. Let me say this. You saying what you just said, a lot of people are not going to like that. You, you I'm retired, <laughs> number one. You know you're speaking against the code. And? I just want you to make it. I just want you to be. It ain't the first time. I'm aware of that. It ain't the first time. It ain't the first time. When we stand up for what's right, guess what they do? They stop doing it. When I watch them put three young girls in the backseat of the squad car, saying that they were in a stolen vehicle and we in the projects and the mama's standing there crying and the boys say, I got the key. The car is not stolen. It was recovered. It's my girlfriend's car. And I see them white guys high five because they got four felony arrests. And I go, Lieutenant, this ain't right. He said, leave. Go back where you came from. So I went back to where I came from, got on the phone, called the dispatcher, sent somebody by this house and check to see if that girl is there. She's sitting there. Yeah, my boyfriend got my car. Was it stolen? Yeah, but they recovered it. They forgot to take it out of the out of the system, out of the NCIC system. But now they got four felony arrests. Now here's the deal, Brill. They get them down to the jail. The girl comes and confirms that the car was hers and not stolen. They dismiss the charges, but guess what? Them the, the officers get. They still get credit for them four felony arrests. <laughs> and, the, and and the uniform crime report probably reflects that they got arrested for stealing for for stealing the car. And that goes to the other issue I was talking about earlier. But the point was this. The lieutenant says, go, let me meet with you. I go meet with him. Why did you do that? It's wrong. You don't lock nobody's child up in front of their house over something you know is probably not true. You fix it. I said, it's just like a black man that can't drive a, a new car down to the West Precinct that night without being stopped just because he's black driving a new car. Guess what happened right there? I really got pulled over. A white guy got on the radio and said, show me stopping a black man driving a brand new Cadillac down such and such street. And I said, see what I'm talking about? He goes, what are you talking about? Ask me what the charges are. What are the charges? Suspicion. He didn't say speeding. He didn't say running red light. Uh, he didn't say DUI. Is he that said, a charge? He suspicion? said suspicion. Is that a charge? Hell no. It's a black man driving a new car down the street. Where's your profiling? That's right. And what happened was, Lieutenant said, break off that call, meet at the precinct. He said, now you know what he said when he got to the precinct, right? You know these Negroes watching you. Hmm. You'd be careful about what y'all doing. Now, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Keep my damn mouth closed and go back to my, 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 my ward. I didn't do that. But the other side of that is this. I'm at BB King's Club. Okay? And we walked this guy to the bank every night. Three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, take him to the bank, then drop his shit off. Guess what we get in exchange for that? Shot. Shot of Crown Lord. I don't drink. I don't drink liquor in particular, but I don't drink. And my partners, they get their shot, they take them on the crop. 
After the third time, I still ain't took a drink. Guess what they did? One of them walked over to me and accidentally spilled a shot of liquor on the front of my vest, on my, on my shirt. Yeah, Teddy Bear, we're going to make sure you don't go talk to the captain tonight. Because they want to make sure that I'm not one of them folk. I got a question. I'm on the team, though. I'm on the team. Especially now I'm on the team because he done put the liquor on me. And I ain't act a fool. I ain't fight nobody. I just accepted the branding and went on about my business. But let me, the last thing is this. So every morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, they drinking. Every morning, 8 o'clock in the morning after the shift, they drinking beer. Every, I don't drink beer. I can't stand beer. That's not the story. I'll tell you about that later. But the fellow walked up to me. He got a can of beer in his hand. He got a pistol in the other hand. You gonna drink today? So I took the can of beer. I went over there and sat down. I sipped off of that nasty shit for about 30 minutes. Talked trash with him. Got in my car and went home. They wanna make sure they can trust me. I don't mind being part of the brotherhood. But once you take your shit and you put it on innocent citizens, you're not part of the brotherhood. I don't have any respect for you. What they did in Memphis was barbaric. Yeah, it's been done before. I don't say it's been done all, all in at, this country, all of this country. It's Rodney King 30 years later, except his black officers. And, and the guy died. Rodney didn't die. But I'm telling you, it's going to happen again because folk ain't listening. We got to all get on the same team. We got to collaborate. Good luck. To make our, no, no, it's going to happen. It's going to have to happen. You know why? Because we run everything now. Black folks run every major city. Democrats, we say Democrats, we say black folks. Democrats run every major city that's coming to the United States. And some gonna hear me. When we start collaborating with one another and working on what makes things better, then when bad things do happen, we've got a way in a relationship that allows us to be able to handle it better. Now they handle the situation in Memphis better because they got them folk indicted quickly. And, it's, it, and let me say this again. Well, they sure again. don't indict white cops that quickly. That's okay. They, we got we set a standard. Now it's got to be met. Exactly. But let's let's back up the real. The Cab County police officer shot and killed a naked man. I How long did it take him to get him indicted? I, I it can't be. No, it's, this is that's more flagrant than what happened in Memphis. You are correct. Okay. I remember. But that. look how long. And who was the DA? Oh, am I allowed to say her name? No, no, no. Oh. no it, was, it was Robert James. It oh, that's right. Okay. That's not the point. The His point, name. I'm the sorry. Point is, the point is, we've got to get better about handling our business. That includes the people who run the police department, the people who who, who run the your, your local law enforcement, your, your local uh, city councils and county commissioners, because they're the ones that allocate the funds. Now, I ain't saying, I, I, am not a, not, I do not support defunding the police. But what I do support is the police that medically. What I do support is 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 nonviolence and in, 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 uh, 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 right, conflict me, resolution training. Let I me stop you right that. there. I support that. There's a lot of Democrats. And you said the Democrats are running the city. There's a lot of Democrats who are saying we need to defund the police. No. These are your fellow Democrats now. Can't do it. Let me tell you why. They because said take that money, put it in the public, and have, let's have citizens police. We have No, I can't do that either. We have demonized cops so much now that people don't want to become police officers. Now, I became a cop because I got locked up. I got arrested at 21 years old. Hold on. You better be careful what you say. No, this is this, public record. I never got wiped out. I got arrested when I was a cop. I was a graduate student at Memphis State University. Probation officer at juvenile court. I got arrested for asking a cop a question. And he lied on the paper. He lied on the on the ticket. He just out now. He lied so bad, it was obvious when I went to court. Anyone cops do? 
I'm just asking. I'm, I'm asking. I'm just, I'm just being honest with okay. you. Okay. He, he fabricated. No different what they did on this thing. He fabricated reports. So we got to do that to make them accountable. When you write shit, it better be right. When you say that this guy did X, Y, and Z and W, you better be right. It better show on that camera. And the cops who are with you better have seen the same thing that you said happened. If they didn't, then you need to find yourself a new job. It starts when we hold ourselves to a higher standard. See, as a federal drug agent, I ain't have a choice. Because when I walked in that courtroom, they had all my reports sitting there looking them in the face. Now, there are some dirty ones now. And if I said anything other than what I said, they all ain't clean. I'll admit, I'll admit that, but not me. What I put on that paper better be right. Because the one thing that you know folk do, when they lie, they got to keep lying. The country has a history of dirty cops and they dirty DEAs, yes, dirty prosecutors, and dirty captains, and dirty mayors. It's not going to change. You're going to always have folk who want to beat the system. Are all your friends legitimate folks? Don't have me ask that question. I'm asking a question. Don't have me, hold on, I'm about to want to do the interview. No, I'm asking a question. Don't ask me that question. I'm about to want to do the interview. I'm doing the interview. No. I'm about to do it. No. So we I'll can't. I'll take the We got to hold to a higher standard. You are correct. And the other side of it is this. Be prepared to deal with the consequences when they don't. Because unfortunately, when people in authority make bad decisions, it's like dropping an atomic damn bomb. The fallout is far-reaching. All the way from Memphis, Tennessee, mm. all across the world. The only folk that don't know what happened here is probably people in Ukraine. Because they're getting bombed by, by, by what's his name? And they get the U.S. money. Getting, but see, if we, can take, if we can take $3 trillion and pump it into Afghanistan to try to make them democratic, we can pump money in our cities, inner cities, and make it better for these kids. Because what I want to do, let me say this real quick, real quick. What I want us to do is make sure they become better parents. Mm. See, it, it, it don't it, it 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 don't matter what you do. When you bring kids in this world, it's a whole different bottle of wax now. You know what my two favorite words are? What's that? Good luck. <laughs> hey man, it's two things I, I work hard for, and I don't mind begging for. Children and Jesus. I don't mind. I'll ask you for money for children. We're getting ready to put on a, a youth choir competition. In DeKalb County with the NAACP on March 18th. Oh, hold on, say it again, man. A youth choir competition. March 18th in March DeKalb 18th County, Georgia. At, at Southwest DeKalb High School. Okay? Why are we doing that? One, we need to call attention to the fact that we have stepped away from the church. Okay? Number two, we got to bring them back in. How do we bring them back in? What are they What are they really into right now? Always, what we've always been into is blacks. Right. Music, hip hop. Okay, dancing, singing. Where does that come from? It used to always come from the church. Where we, where did Frank come from? The church. Okay, Kurt Franklin. The church. So, so we got to take them back to that. I'm hoping gospel will be some of our repertoire. The church can be crooked too now. I, I, I don't get into that. I'm gonna leave that alone. That's another experience. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, what's lacking is the exposure. What's lacking is the commitment. What's lacking is understanding. What you see them doing is they're reflecting what we always reflected. The spirituality is what keeps us us home. Because when when you got when I talked to my buddy at five thirty in the afternoon on New Year's Eve, nineteen eighty six, and I asked him where are you going on New Year's Eve, I'm going home, be with my family, and I get up the next morning, he's dead. Over 100 pounds of marijuana. That bothers me. 
because he was a good guy. He didn't deserve to die of 100 pounds of marijuana. But he's willing to sacrifice his life for this job, this country. And even though these guys did wrong, wrong is wrong to be. When you, when you sit on a radio and you listen to a man who's been kidnapped off the streets of Memphis and begging for his life, for three days they did nothing. Sacrifice his life for this country and for the safety of the citizens. I know what they did was wrong. But you find, let me, let, please find me some men who are stout hearted men who will fight for the right they adore. When you know that you're here to protect and defend and you do your best and one or two stray away and do something stupid, but the rest of us are demeaned. My three sons who took badges and guns, who risked their life to protect and serve. We didn't do what they did, but we need your help to make things right so that when it happens again, we can weather the storm and move forward. It's like saying a tornado ain't gonna come. Okay, it's gonna come. The storm ain't gonna, it's the storms are always coming because you cannot control individuals. But as a people, when we don't, when we don't put ourselves together, when we don't collaborate for change, when we control everything, but everybody's worried about themselves, when the police department, the sheriff's department, the county commission, the CEO, everybody who has a position of responsibility finally decides to close the door and come up with a comprehensive plan to make it better, not just in DeKalb, but in every city in this country, and stop worrying about who gets the credit. That's when we'll get better. Because shit's going to happen. It always does. It happens every day. It happens when this fool runs a red light and crashes into folk because he ran the red light. The wrong way driver this morning on I-20. People going to do stupid shit all the time. They're going to get drunk. They're going to drive. They're going to kill each other. They're going to walk in Walmart and blow shit up. They're going to do all they can. You're the first person to call. How many folk you know run towards this, towards trouble? How many people you know that? And risk it, risk it Now, I'm not talking about your ball because them folk with chicken. I was saying, there are some people who, who, who run to the, who but, run but, to the issue with is, their cameras out and start videoing. What I will say is this, when we can all get on the same page and make a difference in this world and get ready because it's gonna happen. I mean, I stood in front of the Rain Motel and locked up pimps and prostitutes. And that's it, the glass around Dr. King's room where he was assassinated at. No respect. None whatsoever. Bothered Let me ask you this. Bothered me. You mentioned about volunteering your time to help young people. How does it make you feel? Man, you just don't know. When, when you have, when your phone rings and it's a counselor saying, uh, uh, and I'll say her name, Rekindle, just told this girl she wasn't gonna fight no more. You're not gonna get me kicked out of this school. She's in nonviolence training for Kingston at the time, 30 some years ago. I got up from my desk at DEA and I went to Southside High School or wherever she was. And I let her know how proud I was that she finally got the message. Nonviolence is critical to your survival. I ain't saying give up the ghost and die because somebody's trying to hurt you. The difference between me and John Lewis was when John Lewis walked across that, that bridge, he didn't have folk with guns backing him up. See, when I picked that big old 16-pound sledgehammer up, 
to go beat somebody's door down, I got guys behind me with guns and they're going to protect me as best they can. Yes, I'm courageous for going up front, but I got a gun too. What do they have when they practice nonviolence? All they had was their belief. And they sure got this shit kicked out of them. They got their ass kicked. But guess what we got? Right to vote. Right to public accommodations. Okay. We got we got freedoms that we never even thought about. All that sacrifice. Yes, sir. That them men and women took to walk across that bridge. Yes, People now say, I don't give a damn about that shit. And you know what? If they don't watch it, it's going to get taken away. Look at what the Supreme Court's done. Here's what I want you to think about this. What's the one thing that you can't do when you get locked up for a felony? Vote! Okay, so as long as they keep putting us in the jail and locking us, we can't vote. So that, what does that do for them? It gets the majority in votes. Guarantees that they're going to get a win. So now, if we do work on the front end, we make sure them children don't invade the criminal justice system. We can't stop all of them coming. They don't invade the criminal justice system. And they get their education. They go to school. They get a job. And pray God they vote one day. What does that do for us in this country? They're hoping that we don't vote. They're praying that we don't vote. If we just change the attitudes of the folk that come in this door, met with the young fella, Omar, Omar, um, what's his last name? Omari um, Coward. Look at his name. Anyway. His name is Crawford. His name is Coward? Crawford. Crawford. Oh, okay, Crawford. I was going to say, um, I was going to say it's Coward. Omari Crawford, I think is his name. Let me make sure. Young fella, and and I told him this. I told him Omari Crawford. I told him this. He's a state representative, student of Southwest Cab, 2004 graduate. He wants to do a town hall meeting. I said, look. I said, do a town hall meeting, but do it with with teenagers, high school and middle school kids. I said, listen to him. This is what we make another mistake. We're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. When you don't hear their voices and you don't listen to what they talk about, we ain't solving the problem. We're not trying to solve the problem. We're just trying to get through. You know, when the, when the bad weather comes, it's going to keep going, right? We, we, we've been in bad weather in DeKalb County for more than 30 years now. Same, same shit, different day. Same shit, different day. School's failing. We're not worried about it. Kids failing. We don't care. Parents ain't doing their job. Oh, well, we'll be all right. We're going to lock them up. We're going to lock them up. We're going to lock them up. Can't keep locking them up. Got to change. If we don't change, okay, I, when I turn 70, I'm done. I'm not doing all this stuff no more. I'm not trying to. How many more years is that? I have seven years left. I'm Ooh, they, they better, they better work your ass back. now, man. They better get it all you now. I got four grandsons, buddy. I got work to do. I know you came in with some books. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My uh, my, my my latest effort was to become a certified trainer in nonviolence at the King Center. Uh, Bernice King has some great ideas, and she's allowed us to. There are 12 of us who were certified in 2019. And and there's nothing, I think, that's more important than Dr. King's word. You know, you tell us all the time. You can paraphrase him all day, but but try to say his words exactly. I'm not good at memory work like I used to because I'm getting old. I'm almost 70. But let me let me throw something at you here. There is nothing except a tragic death which wish prevent us from reordering our priorities so that the pursuit of peace will take precedence over the pursuit of war. When you take a paramilitary organization like the, the Scorpion team and you put them into a geographical area and you say, clean up all the crime, that's war. That Scorpion team was in Memphis, right? That's the Scorpion team in Memphis. That's they war. killed that boy. That's war. That's right, war. And that's a casualty of war because you put these people 
who were intent on dealing with the crime and the violence in that area, and they chose to use their control in a personal way. Okay? But everywhere you have crime, you're going to have crimes, efforts at crime suppression. As DEA agents, we used to go around the four states we cover here in Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Georgia, Tennessee, North South Carolina. We had a, a, a team that would go in and, 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 and solely to extract that drug related criminal element. So we did a great job. Didn't go in and beat up on folk. We went in and bought dope. Lots Some of them did. Not, not us now. I'm just talking, not, just talking about okay. us. Okay. Now, one day, one day, we did a great job on the black side of the railroad track. Mm. Went in that clean house. Did a great job. On, on the black side? On the black side. Oh, and, okay. and, and we locked a whole lot of folk up. Black people. Black people. Mm. Cynthia McKinney called the office and she said, I need to have a meeting with y'all. And I was a public information officer back then. And my boss says, what do we do? I said, let's take everybody with us, Doc. Make sure we write. So he called the supervisor down in Savannah with us. He came up. ASAC, my boss, the guy who ran the, the, the specialized unit, and myself, jumped in the car, rode to Cynthia McKinney's office. We we expecting to get an ass chewing, right? Because you know how Cynthia is, or was rather, right? Mm-hmm. She 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 tell you the truth. So we expect we're gonna get an ass chewing. Walked in there and sat down. She said, gentlemen, I appreciate what you did on that side of the track. <laughs> on the black side of the track. But my constituents on the other side of the track. On the white side of the track. They got problems too. Hello. She said, can you go on there and take care they of They do them? the exact same thing. Damn straight. But you know we expected ass chewing, right? <laughs> but that's what has to happen. But we got to do was, so good a job. But it was McKinney's own people that got her ass off the track. <laughs> that's true. Let's make, it, let's make it clear. It was her own people that moved her ass off the track. I got you. So let me share one more thing with you real quick. Real quick. This is Dr. King. Uh, where do we go from here? Chaos of community. Dr. King. A nation that continues year after year to spend more money on military defense and on programs of social uplift, of, of social uplift is approaching spiritual death. America, the richest and most powerful nation in the world, can well lead the way in, rev- in a revolution of values. There is nothing to prevent us from paying adequate wages to school teachers social workers, and other servants of the public to ensure that we have the best available personal personnel in those positions which are charged with the responsibility of guiding our future generations. We would rather focus on those those triple evils than we would focus on building community. Dr. King talked about war. He talked about poverty. He talked about racism. And when we put a paramilitary organization into and what year was that? This was nineteen in nineteen fifties. And here it is, we're in the year twenty twenty three. Still talking about war. We're still doing it, and it's unfortunate. But now we're doing it to ourselves. We're launching. We're, we're sending police police agencies into a geographical area, and we're gonna clean it up. Now, admittedly, we clean it up. We're gonna lock you up. And for three to five years, you're going to be okay. On the black side of the track. Until they, until they get out of jail or until the little ones get big enough and we got to go back and do it again. Now, hold on. I, we I, we, we got to do work on the front end. I want to I want to I want to interject something into this conversation. Mm-hmm. Does the government... Now, I want to I want to bring us back to 9-11. Now, somebody will say, what the hell are you going to do with what y'all talking about? I'm going to explain to you. 
during 9-11 under President George Bush, the Patriot Act was signed and enforced, giving police agencies the right to turn this country into a police state. After 9-11, this country became a police. You saw police departments, agencies getting money to buy tanks. A police state. So my question to you is this. Is the Memphis Police Department any more guilty because the government gave them the authority to start that Scorpion unit to turn it to a police state? We're living in a police state in this country. I would say that... Is the government to blame? I would say the answer to that question is no. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when somebody decides to... to suit themselves up with all kind of hardware and semi-automatic weapons and, and Kevlar gear all over their body and walk down the streets of our cities and just shoot anything rolling, you got to be ready to take them on. We are at a stage in this country now where civil unrest, you think what happened at the, at the, at the uh, Congress was bad. It's probably going to happen again. It's probably going to happen in one of our cities. And, However, and, and, if them people would have been black... That, oh, yeah, I agree with you. I'm saying with you, but I'm saying is this: is that okay? So we run every, like like every every metropolitan area in the in the United States right now is. Occupied. What do you mean when you say we Democrats? Okay, okay. So did y'all hear that? So, so Democrats. So what happens when when someone decides that they want to make a make a point, and it's not it's not the White House, it's not Congress that they're invading, but it's one of our cities, hmm. and they decide to roll in the National Guard, voted for Bear. They run in, in, in the National and, Guard. And, and, and how long is it take the National Guard to get there? Okay, so 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 you're talking to, to, the, to the father of the son who was the commander of the SWAT unit. Okay, when they had to go in and relieve the Gwinnett County Police Department, so SWAT unit, and uh, the uh, the guy who was keep was holding a five year old hostage, and he shot that baby, and those cops had to. Pick up that body and running to the ambulance. They got to go home to their families and deal with the fact that they just watched a man take out a child. But this is what you signed so, up for. That's right. That was, that's right. But what I'm saying is this. We are human beings, too. I got PTSD. I know I do. Some of the shit I've seen and done, I'll put on nobody. I have to ask a 10-year-old girl who's been molested questions. You know how hard that is? It's so hard that Ricky wouldn't do it. He cried. He said, I can't do this, Teddy. I can't do this. I said, son, you got to get ready because it's going to happen again. You know, to pick up a body out the street. The man been run over at 70 miles an hour. His legs and arms all. Lord. Walk in the room with a man who committed, tried to commit suicide. He's still sitting there rocking with blackened eyes and a bullet in one head, one side of his head and blood rolling out. He, just pick up a 70-year-old man off the street who's been shot with a 22 rifle and my partner said, he's not going to live. Okay, we, we're just talking about a few things. I ain't talking about all of them. Making five shootings before the sun go down. Sitting around, somebody shot in their car. People in their house watching television with the doors open. Didn't see nothing. 
I mean, was that in the Black Community? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. In well, Memphis. Well, uh, in Memphis. You know, there well, was a call in the Black Community about the police. A woman shot her boyfriend in the house in the projects, chased him out the house, and shot him dead in the middle of the street at 3.30 in the afternoon she must in have front of babies getting off the bus. Mm, she has some good stuff. You know, you, know you ain't getting away from this. Okay, listen to me. I'm just saying, <laughs> you, you, when you have to witness that, you, you get a little, you know, you out there a little bit. These are the things that I take with me. Not to mention the, the fights, the the risks I took with my life, the, the 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 time when I sat with this woman one time and she talked about the fact that she wasn't going to jail and I had to call off a a a, a, a mission because there was a there was a guy sitting out in front in a minivan. I saw him rock back in the car. And she said he he got a he's got a submachine gun out there and he I'm not going to jail. And you know what I said? Cut it. Let's go home. I ain't seen no dope. If I ain't seen no dope, we ain't got to go. We ain't got to lock her up. Let's just go home. Woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning about, about a month later, though. Took her ass and her Rolls Royce. Mm. Okay? Her but, Rolls Royce. But, 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 you know, you can't, you, you can't, I can't tell you all these things. I can't tell you what's done to me as a person. Nor, you know, when I wake up in the middle of the night calling names or doing crazy stuff. Don't call my name. Or, or, <laughs> or even worse than that. I spent my, you talk about the Patriot Act. I spent my last 14 years on the technical side of the house. Listening to people's telephone conversations and locking up drug dealers behind it. I'm in Atlanta and they're running an investigation in, in North Carolina. And I'm able to tell them where this guy is based on where his phone is. You understand what I'm saying? So, so the big thing we got, we got new technology that helps us to be able to do things that weren't haven't been done before. When when the U.S. Marshal called me and said, uh, "Can you come down here and activate a pen register?" This guy, we think, is responsible for killing the police officer, and we think we know where he is. Can you come down and activate this target? And I go, I don't have any credentials or badges, passes to get in the building. Don't worry about that. My wife and my child will be. Don't worry about that. Just come down here and do it. And I go there and I send that, that paperwork to that phone company. And in 24 hours, they locked up this guy that killed a, a Fulton County police officer. That tells me I'm in the right place. See, all the things that we do that, that come out on the, on, the, on the plus side, we don't hear about because there's so much of it. We hear about the bad stuff all the time. And Lord, we and, hear about and, the bad. And I'm going to say this to you. In order for us to be effective what we do, we need folks to come take this job. And right now, with the bad reputation we got, ain't nobody coming. Won't be me. So here's the question. <laughs> How are we going to protect you if we don't get folk to come? And I must agree with that. And again, we want to thank. Did we, did we get everything and anything I left out? We got everything. We got to do this again. <laughs> I don't know about that. We got to do this again. I don't know about that. We want to thank Special Agent Mr. Ted Golden for coming in today and speaking with us. Thank you. But I will ask you to give us a closing remark. You know, I'm I'm blessed that the Lord has allowed me to walk this earth for 63 years. Nine years ago, next month, I had what should have been a fatal heart attack, mm. and I survived. And and my biggest question has been, what do I do next? Three times I run for sheriff because I thought maybe I could do more from that level. But now I understand that I got to do what I can do. And if anybody wants to follow, that's fine. So here's what I'm doing right now. A couple of weeks ago, I'm going to meet with the, with the superintendent of the schools. Uh, the DeKalb County Schools. DeKalb County Schools. Okay. One of the, two of the things I plan on talking to her about, number one is volunteers in the schoolhouse. 
two hours, two days a week. Just two hours, two days a week to help our babies to get through the educational process safely. I don't want us to wait until somebody's child dies and we try to find ways of impacting the schoolhouse because then it's too late. Two hours for two days. You got to volunteer. You got to pass a background. You got to you got to view a, a video that's required. Parents can do it for free. They can volunteer. Two hours, two days. You got time on your books from when you are uh, uh, are working on a job. They give you eight hours a, a month usually for for annual leave. All I'm asking you to do is twice a week give us two hours, two hours to help our babies be safe. Two hours so our children can go to the bathroom. He said, our baby. Not, be not yours, our baby. My child, too. Because it's our community. That's right, our community. Our community. Babies should be able to, they should be able to go to the bathroom and not be confronted with somebody vaping mm. or fighting or doing drugs. We should be able to do that. So let's go and let's do that. Second thing is this. We started a thing called Conversation with Cops back in 2015 with my good friend, Ooh, Major man. K.D. Johnson. We went into high school. I don't know if I want to do that. We went into high school. Okay. We sat down with the kids in classrooms. We talk to them about the realities of being a law enforcement officer and also the reality of being black. Mm. Okay, because every. Let's address that. When you ask the question, how many of you been confronted by cops or had negative contact with law enforcement, all the police officers in that room, to include me, raise our hand. Mm. And I can tell you, my three sons, my three adult sons who took badges and guns, had the same issue with cops. I won't go deep into that. What we're doing that. We, we That's another episode. We did in 2015, we did a conversation with cops, we did a survey. And we asked them questions, okay? And we did what's called a mock car stop, where we told them how, how to act when cops confront you. Now, what we found out was on the five South Precinct high schools, the 374 odd kids that answered the questions, 80%, 80% said, over 80% said that they wanted to get involved in making their community safer. That's a resource. Okay. 80%. Over 70% said they wanted to have more contact with law enforcement. Now, we ain't done jack with that. Okay? COVID hit. And some people just don't want to move with it. But we're going to push it into the schoolhouse. I'm asking, I'm hoping that Noble and and the other municipalities in DeKalb County will allow us to come into their schoolhouse and let them do the same thing. Gather the information. Let's compare notes and see if the if the, uh, the, the the feelings of the kids in 2015 is still present, but not just in the South Precinct, high school, okay. but throughout DeKalb County. All right. So we can make some decisions about how to use that teenage resource to make our community safer. It's not going to change until we decide. We, as a people. That's right. Until we decide. We, as a community. That we want to be a part of change, mm. positive change. It's easy, Burrell, to tell folks what's wrong. Positive change. And the third one? It's all about it's all about making sure that our, our children are safe and making sure that that we do some 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 front end stuff. It's about intervention and prevention. It's about sharing information with folks so that we can all get on the same page. Okay. Again, we want to thank Mr. Ted Golden for coming out with I'll us be today. Back. I'll come back. Thank you. And you are listening to Entitled to Truth Podcast. Thank you.